Good morning. It's Sunday, May 23rd. Welcome to this online resource for your at-home spiritual growth. As we reach the end of this time of pandemic and looking forward to the reopening and resumption of much of life as we knew it before the pandemic coming next month. Uh, in the meantime, though, today we're celebrating the Festival of Pentecost, and we're going to look at a coming series, like the, the readings that surround the time of Pentecost. Under this theme, looks can be deceiving, that there's a lot of ways, if you look around in a world where Jesus is ascended and, and seems far away, it is tempting to conclude that God must be distant and far away. But really, God is actually very much at work, especially when it looks like he isn't. And we're going to look at all those ways that that happens today with Pentecost under this theme, Right Looks Wrong. God bless your worship today as you learn from God's word and take it to heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Lord, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. The Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Jesus said to his disciples, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things which we should not have done and we have not done those things which we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us, according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, God and Lord, come to us this joyful day with your sevenfold gift of grace. Rekindle in our hearts the holy fire of your love, that in a true and living faith we may tell abroad the glory of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Father, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. The ascended Christ pours out the Holy Spirit on his church. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Psalm of the Day is Psalm 104, a responsive reading. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all, the earth is full of your creatures. All creatures look to you, to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. The Holy Gospel is according to John chapters 15 and 16 selected verses. Jesus promises to send the Spirit to testify to the world through his disciples. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me where are you going, rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ.
No one saw it coming. I mean, really, no one saw it coming. How could they? How could the Romans count on something like this happening? Their leaders, the kind they followed, were strong, victorious conquerors who nailed their enemies to crosses. They didn't get nailed and crucified themselves to crosses. And when the Romans crucified someone, that someone always stayed dead. Those who were crucified didn't rise to live again. The ones the Romans ascribed godlike status, those people would never fit the description of a Galilean Jew named Jesus. Yet it happened. The man named Jesus, the man they had crucified, was somehow hailed by thousands, not just as a good man who got a bad deal at the hands of the state, but as God himself, who rose from death after crucifixion to stand as judge and king and true Lord of all. This wasn't just unusual in the eyes of the typical Roman. This was utter madness. So how could they see this coming? And how could the Jews have counted on something like this happening? Their every national instinct was to see themselves as separate and different, persecuted, yes, but also special. In their mind, God had established for them some particular borders, and it was within those borders that God would make his kingdom come for them, and pretty much for them alone. Yet it happened. One of their own rabbis named Jesus upset the whole apple cart by associating with Samaritans and sinners and all manner of unclean, unworthy people. His divine authority made himself all kinds of enemies, the kinds of enemies who want to put a person like him to death for being so scandalous. But then, even when they did, Jesus broke the hold of death, ascended to heaven, and from his heavenly throne inaugurated a new kind of kingdom in which the scale of God's action would far exceed the national and cultural borders his countrymen had put in place. And how could even the apostles have suspected this was coming? I think they may have been as surprised by what took place as anyone. See, they had followed Jesus as his closest companions for for three solid years. They had heard all him, uh, all the things he said, all the explaining he did, but it never seemed to get through their head. And when the going got tough, well, they got going, but not the way we use the idiom. They actually got going to their various locked rooms and hidden hideouts. Yet somehow it happened. They who had promised to die with Jesus only to abandon him instead. They who had failed to keep watch with Jesus but had taken naps instead. They who had heard Christ's new command to love one another but had failed to keep it until the sun had come up the following day. They, these weak Embarrassed men broken by the shame of the dramatic difference between their lofty intentions and their complete failure. They did not see a wagging finger from Jesus, nor did they suffer from his flaming sword. Jesus didn't rescind their privileges. He gave them more. Everything about the day of Pentecost and its effects, was a glorious surprise. The crucified Jewish rabbi who began his work in three years of ministry is now continuing his work as the risen Lord, ruling from a heavenly throne, establishing a kingdom that knows no borders and boundaries, a kingdom 
that repudiates every religious intuition of the human race. It's breathtaking, really, what Jesus got going on that first Pentecost, what he's been doing ever since. No one saw this coming. No one. Except for our God, of course. Except for our Lord Jesus, of course. He saw this coming. He said it would happen. He made sure it would happen. He arranged for it to happen. In fact, as the Apostle Peter preached in his Pentecost sermon we heard in today's reading from Acts chapter 2, the prophets had promised all this. God's, God's prophets had spoken this long ago. It was all right there in the scrolls they had been rolling and unrolling their whole life long. And Jesus himself had straight up told them, he said, this is how it's going to go down. It's good for me to go. Then I'm going to send the advocate, the counselor, the spirit. He's going to come. Which I suppose leaves the awkward and unsettling fact that when we think God is being opaque and obscure or or whatever, it seems it's actually not God, but we who are being difficult. You and I are the ones who finds ourselves often surprised by the way God works, or maybe a little startled by the things he says and expects, because because we have this stubborn insistence on setting all our own expectations based on what our own sense says to us. And that's that's largely because we live in a time where the, the most core assumption about, about who we are, that, that prevailing wisdom that we all live in, is that, that you and I don't have just the right, but also the ability to configure every corner of our life according to our own intuitions, our own feelings, and our own preferences, that we're the ones who create some sort of reality just by wanting it a certain way or saying it's a certain way. So yeah, let's not be surprised when a God who transcends us surprises us with the way he does things. Let's not be surprised when the reality as God has configured it goes up against the reality that we have imagined it to be. What we think is going to happen or should happen isn't always how it's going to work out because, because, well, God, God does things differently than we do. As the saying, as the saying goes, looks can be deceiving. We, we think the world might look a certain way. That, that God's action should look a certain way, but that's, that's not the whole story. I mean, just, just consider the reaction to the Pentecost in today's, in today's reading. You have God acting in this unmistakably powerful way, and, and it creates this, this huge effect, doesn't it? We, we know that there were 3,000 people who came to believe in Jesus that, that Pentecost day. And you and I might be tempted to think, well, I see what happened, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my eyes here, and I'm going to say, well, it must be that it was just the sheer display of power that, uh, that makes that makes this happen. Because we know from the account of Pentecost that there was there was a sound of rushing wind, there was the sight of these flying flames, and we think, well, that must be it. It was these 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 manifold, manifested, visual, audible, uh, you know, displays of God's power. But is that really what it is? Looks can be deceiving. That got some attention, but really what, what happened that day, what is it that really really kicks things off. It's a, it's a sermon. It's just this measly little sermon. It's a, it's a word from God. It's, it's a messenger from God saying, listen, here's what this means. I mean, how, how surprising. And what was said in that sermon was surprising as well, that 
that sinners are made righteous and the self-righteous are exposed as frauds. The people who think they're special become common and the people who are common become special. The insiders are out and the outsiders are in. That this is extending to all the kinds of people that Jesus extended his care and love to. And this is only going to continue breaking through all these borders, both cultural and political. Which means, like all surprises, this was exciting for quite a few people. And as I said, we know that 3,000 people came to be Christians that very day. The, the good news that God had acted to redeem and restore their life was, well, it was the best news they'd ever heard. And they who had every intuition that if, if there's a God, then he must not have much favor for people like them, well, they discovered that their sense was wrong, that God actually cares for the lowly and the downtrodden, that he actually reaches out to sinners and restores them. The way things looked to them wasn't the way things really were, that God had loved them enough to take their death as his own. This was, this was good news, a surprise even, a surprise to them. But like all surprises, this also rankled some others, the people who, who liked control, who liked to, to not have God disrupt things too much, the people who thought they had God figured out and had him kind of in, his, in their back pocket, uh, so look what they do. They take what was right in the eyes of God, his his carrying out of the gospel ministry, that the gospel extend to every nation and every kind of person, um, so that, as Peter said, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord would be saved. And they look at all that, those good things, those right things, and they chalk it all up to nothing but the ravings of some drunken lunatics. They call right wrong, and their eyes deceive them. You fast forward to today, to us, who, listen, when we take the time to think about, think about all that God has done to ensure that the work of Jesus that took place so long ago, that it has found its way to you in this corner of this continent, at this time, in this place, in a way that actually works, that carries out the promise and delivers the goods God came to give. You know, I think we'd probably find ourselves just as surprised and amazed as anyone that God would would have done that for us, that he would have chosen us, that, that he would love us, that he would, that he would become one of us, that he would bend somehow the arc of history to make sure that you are counted among the everyone who calls on his name and is saved. What a, what a surprise. And you start to see the same dynamic at play. We're, we're just kind of blown away. We're just shocked and awed and surprised. We're, we're surprised to find ourselves recipients of such great gifts, and not just the recipients, but through our involvement in Christian mission work, we get to distribute God's gifts as well. But, you know, today, as, as then, there will be some who hear what we say and see what we do, and they'll, they'll call it wrong. They might not call you drunk for announcing the gospel, but they'll call you bigoted and backwards. They might not think you're insane, for believing in Jesus, but, but they will think you're on the, the wrong side of history. But friends, the real big surprise that underlies all of the Pentecost surprise is that really which side of history you're on doesn't really matter compared to which side of the grave you're on. And in the case of Jesus Christ, he's on the right side of the grave. He has stood above his grave. He has gone through the tomb, and he has risen alive again. And the really surprising truth is that that somehow you and I of all people, well, we, by virtue of our baptism, have also died with Christ too. And it's a, it's a real death. 
which means we're on the right side of the grave already. In God's eyes, it's as good as true. It's happened already in Christ, and you were with him. It may not always look that way. It may not always feel that way. It may not always seem that way. But because of Pentecost, because of the Spirit coming to the world to deliver the goods that God has procured in Christ all the way to this day to you, to me, because of that, even if it doesn't look it, it definitely is it. It is that way. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Lord, your Spirit fills the world and gladdens your Church with the remembrance of all Christ Jesus has spoken. Glorify his name among us in every word and deed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, by your Spirit, you have established your Holy Church on the proclamation of Christ, our Savior. Sustain the apostolic gospel to the ends of the earth, that in every tongue the mighty works of God and Christ might be heard. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of comfort, give hope to your people in the midst of this world of death and despair. Put your spirit within us to believe, to live, and to serve according to your promises and commands. Lead our homes to confess our confidence in your power to raise the dead, now and at the last day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, your Son acknowledged Satan as ruler of this world and its ways, yet one whose reign is judged and whose time is short. Beat back his lies and deadly work that the order of your creation may be seen. Give us good government and leaders who are both honest and faithful. Even so, let us look eagerly for your Son's return, and let that be quickly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We call on your name, O Lord, praying in your Spirit to help and save all people. Renew the face of the earth, look with favor on your creatures, and fill the hearts of your faithful, kindling them in the fire of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through your Son, you promised your Holy Spirit who would convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Enlighten our hearts that we confess our sins obtain everlasting righteousness through faith in Christ and through every trial and temptation, abide in the consolation that Christ is Lord over the devil, death, and all things, and that he will graciously deliver us from all affliction to make us partakers of eternal salvation through the same Jesus, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.